Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump. Hey, thanks for joining me on this episode. I want to talk to you guys today about a cure for the Mondays. You ever have a case of the Mondays? Maybe today is that day Uh, when this podcast is released. It's usually on a Monday. And maybe today is your day where you are feeling it. Maybe you've had a totally awesome weekend. And Monday is fabulous for you today. I'm not sure where you're at, but I can guarantee no matter how long you've been in ministry, at some point, you're going to get a case of the Mondays that aren't always so great. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And I hope that it will give you some wisdom and some encouragement. I hope that it will help you handle your case of the Mondays if you got it. Before I dive in, I just want to say Thank you to all of our supporters and encouragers for our listeners out there. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of you. I just returned from our first ever Restoring Leaders Retreat, where we took three leaders away uh, for a week, uh, well, really five days of encouragement, prayer, solitude, and restoration. And let me tell you, it was incredible. If you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're walking with some hurts and wounds, if you're trying to figure out how do you heal, how do you make it from Sunday to Sunday and love what you do and love your calling, I want to encourage you to check out a Restoring Leaders Retreat or one of our four weeks of restoration classes that'll be coming up soon. So you can go to restoringleaders.org for all the information, sign up on our mailing list, and uh, we'll keep you updated on what's coming ahead, as well as my brand new book, Why Valleys Are Better Than Mountaintops, is going to be be releasing real soon. And it's a book to help you walk in those valley seasons and how to learn how to maximize all that God has for us. And that even helps with the case of the Mondays. So let's dive in to this week's Kid Ministry Collective podcast and a cure for the Mondays. Now, let me tell you, I've been in ministry for over 30 some years. I've had some great Mondays. I've come off of ministry weekends and been so excited for what God has done. It just blows me away. But I've also had some Mondays where I came in beat up, tired, exhausted, frustrated, mourning, (laughs) lamenting things that didn't go so well or volunteers that called off at the last minute kids that didn't show up that I thought were going to attend. And I know even now, I see a lot of folks on our Facebook groups in children's ministry and even in youth ministry, lamenting and mourning those who haven't returned yet, wondering, is it even worth continuing with so few that are returning? Let me tell you, that's a case of the Mondays, and it's something the enemy wants to just pile on top of you. So I've got three things I want to share with you that God has used in my life. These are lessons I actually learned from John Maxwell a long time ago um, and have always tried to reflect on and remember 
every Monday as I sit and do my evaluation for the weekend and prepare for the week ahead. So the first thing that you need to remember is you need to guard your mind. You need to guard your mind. In First uh, Peter chapter 13, it says, Therefore, with your minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Christ Jesus is revealed at his coming. We're to set our minds, to keep our minds alert and sober and ready. Yes, this is the New King James, by the way. I just like how it read, so I had to share it with you. We need to guard our minds to keep our focus. And, and it's just like back in the Bible times when men and women, well, really men would race. They would gird up their loins, as it was said. They would gather up their robes so they wouldn't get caught um, as they ran. And so they would tie them up um, almost like shorts so that they could keep it going. They, they took it captive so that it wouldn't entangle them. And one of the things that we have to do on a Monday or after a big week or a big event is we have to guard our minds. We have to pull our thoughts together and really think focused and right. You know, one of the things that, that I've learned over the years is that, you know, we can replay a lot of the negative. That happens to a lot of us that we replay and replay and replay the negatives and what went wrong. <laughs> Maybe you didn't have all the supplies you needed because something got forgotten in prep time. And one of the leaders got really upset because of that. And they criticized you for it. Or maybe a parent was upset because their child didn't get something you passed out, or maybe they shouldn't have had it and whatever. But we, we take those little criticisms and we replay them, and we replay them, and we replay them. Sometimes we forget to focus on what's right. What went well? What did we do where we saw God move in dramatic ways? So I would encourage you, instead of replaying the negative, push replay on the positives for a while. Take those praises and give them to God and thank him for all that he provided for you. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. I think of the story of Peter when Jesus called him out of the boat. When he locked eyes with Jesus, he didn't focus on the waves. He didn't focus on all the problems around him, the things that he should have been afraid of. He wasn't afraid of because he kept his eyes locked on Jesus. May I challenge and encourage you that on this day as you're listening to this, whether it's a good day or a bad day, keep your eyes locked on Jesus and that will help guard your mind. I also want to tell you that even guarding your mind also means that it's okay to mourn that which is missing, but don't let it become a rut. I know some of you are so frustrated and discouraged by how few are coming back to our churches. But listen, we can't focus on that. That's what the enemy wants us to focus on is what we don't have rather than what we have. I am so grateful and was so excited to see my mentor and friend Jim Weidman post yesterday on Facebook. After 46 years of ministry, he had another first. Only one kid showed up to their four o'clock service and they did the entire 
service for that kid. Now, let me tell you, I know Brother Jim's ministry and I know his church. That meant full band because they do live music for all their kids' environments. That meant full speaking and full games and everything. They did it all for one kid. Some of us wonder, is that even worth it? Why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just send him off to sit with their parents? Because that one was totally worth it. Because the leadership and the volunteers that did show up guarded their mind on what was most important, that soul in front of them. That one could be the next world changer, the next Billy Graham, the next Mother Teresa, the next whoever. (laughs) I'm failing to come up with some great people, but there's lots of them out there. And the thing is, is just by investing in that one, that could change that child's life forever. And I guarantee that impacted the family, that impacted the parents, that communicated great value. But the leadership had to guard their mind over, this isn't worth it and I should just close up shop. Instead, they focused on what was right and true and they did what was right and true. They put it into action. They kept their focus on what matters most. Helping a child fall in love with Jesus helping a child see that there was a bunch of adults that loved him so much that they were willing to do an entire service just for him. I guarantee that kid is never going to forget that. My friends, guard your mind. The other thing is, second thing, is to guard your heart. We're told in scripture, don't let our hearts be troubled, but put our focus on God. You know, it's easy to let our hearts become too emotional. And with that emotion, we make bad decisions. I have a confession to make. (laughs) I used to have my resignation letter fully typed, except for the dates. I even had it signed. It was folded in an envelope, unsealed, always under my pen tray in my desk. There were a couple Mondays that I wanted to pull that out. In fact, it was in my hand a couple of times. I was ready to fill in the dates and walk away because I let my heart get troubled. I let my heart push me in the wrong direction. Instead of listening to the Holy Spirit, I was listening to my heart. (laughs) I wasn't guarding it. I was letting... The old patterns of life, the doubt, the fear, the worry, the comparison, the lack of. I was letting those fill my heart instead of letting truth fill it. I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with your heart today, if you're discouraged, if you're down, take those things that you're struggling with, dig them out, and in that hole, fill it in with the promises of truth in Scripture. Dig into what God says about your situation, about who God defines who you are, about what God says he will provide, about what God says the value of one is. Guard your heart. Protect it. When you feel like you're comparing yourself to, well, the youth ministry gets all this and I don't get that, or 
why the, well, the pastor criticized me for not doing something, but he doesn't criticize any other staff member or, well, the church down the street, the big church, you know, they, they've got all the bells and whistles and what do I have? See, our heart can become bitter. Our heart can become angry. Our heart can become discouraged if we don't guard it. Again, in first Peter, uh, chapter one, verse 14, we're reminded as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you once lived in ignorance. You see, our evil desires is to have more and more and more and more in an unhealthy way. To compare ourselves, to not be faithful in the little that God does give us. To carry bitterness and anger around way too long. You know, sometimes we that walk wounded, and I know this personally, we carry it for way too long. I watched this last week as men got real before God at a place called Daddy's Creek, of all places. They got real with their father and let go of the things that were wounding their hearts. They made a commitment there at Daddy's Creek to guard their mind, and to guard their hearts and to leave it at that place, never to pick it back up again. Let me encourage you, if you're, just, if you're having a case of the Mondays, <laughs> guard your heart. Fill it with good things. Go back and praise. There's an old song that says, it's amazing what praising can do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's amazing what praising can do. I won't worry when things go wrong. Because Jesus fills my heart with a song. It's amazing what praising can do. So get your praise on. And let that guard your heart. Let it encourage your soul. Now my third suggestion that I want to share with you today. First, guard your heart. Second, guard your, or first, guard your mind. Second, guard your heart. But guard your ministry life and your personal life. Because believe me, those can impact your Mondays. If you're not maintaining yourself properly in your ministry life and in your personal life, you're going to have a lot of hard Mondays. Some of you may be walking that right now. Some of you may even be thinking about, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to walk away. And you may have good reason to. Maybe you are serving in a toxic place. Maybe God is telling you it's time to go and you just don't want to let go. Guarding your ministry life and guarding your personal life are vital. But let me tell you this. Don't let your vocation define you. Don't let your vocation define you. You know, we're to pursue holiness, not greatness the way the world defines it. To be great in the kingdom of heaven is to be a servant, to be the least, and to be good with it. That's the kind of holiness that Jesus demonstrated when he served his disciples, when he served the people. He pushed back on the, on the, the, the cries for him to become a king because that's not why he came. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, right? 
And when we push to obtain the notoriety and the fame where everybody knows our names and we push and we push and we push, what do we get out of it? That's not what exactly what God has called us to do. And in ministry, we have to guard our hearts and our life and make sure that we are truly focusing on a holy calling and whole, our desires are holy. Don't let your pace become unhealthy, both in ministry and in personal ways. Is what you're doing and is how your calendar shaped <laughs> a godly calendar? Have you asked God about your calendar lately? Is your pace running too hard? There's always going to be seasons. A lot of you are starting to come up on Bible school season, and you're going to be running busier and faster and faster and faster. You're going to have lots of plates spinning all at once. Guard that. Be careful. Don't take on more than you should. And make sure you've planned time to rest following that season. And if you're saying, I don't have time to rest, I don't have time to take a break, I'm going to say this in love, my friends. You're too busy. Lay your pride aside and let the Holy Spirit show you. Some of you aren't going to like that I said that, but I'm sorry. I love you all. And I'm the one who's been very guilty of that. I used to say, I can't delegate. I don't have anybody to delegate to. That was a lie the enemy kept and, and was pushing into my life. It affected my personal life, my relationships with my family, because they felt like I was married to the church and not to them. I was more focused on them, the, the ministry, than I was on them. And the only way they could see me was to come to church. If that's the way it is for you, something's got to change. That is not the way God designed us to live. That is not healthy ministry. It's okay to run a busy season. It's okay to have seasons of busyness. As long as you plan it well and you take steps, not leaps and bounds, guard it carefully, my friends. Holiness only comes by living like Jesus. So how much time are you spending for your own personal growth in the word? Again, I just got back from this time of having a lot of time to focus on my walk with Jesus. And the spirit showed me some places where I really need to improve. Being full-time KMC coach and full-time restoring leaders mentor can be overwhelming. I can put a ton of hours because I am my own boss right now. I have fundraising to do. I have research to do. I have writing to do. I have coaching sessions to do. I have workshops to prepare for, podcasts to produce. It can get crazy for me too. And if I don't guard my heart and if I don't guard my mind and if I don't guard my ministry life and my personal life, I'm going to crash and burn. And God showed me this past week that I need to spend more time learning to see him as my father and listening 
as my father guides me, as he helps me rethink the way I think, as he helps me minister to my heart and ease my pain, and as he helps me draw boundaries and guardrails in my ministry life and my personal life so that I can honor him in all that I say and do, and so that I can be an example to other believers. So let me give you some practical tips as we wrap up this podcast. Check your calendar. Is there too much on it? Is there some things you got to delegate? Stop making excuses that you can't. Pick somebody and ask. If you don't ask, you don't have. Oftentimes when I'm coaching and KMC coaching and we do that for the leadership stuff, um, I ask some of my coaching uh, clients to, to tell me who, who are they going to delegate to and come up with a list of names and say, when are you going to ask them? Put it on your calendar and make the phone call or set up the face-to-face meeting. No texting, no emailing. It's got to be either face-to-face or on the phone, but preferably face-to-face because it is harder to say no when you're face-to-face with somebody. So sometimes you just got to go get on their doorstep. Socially distanced, of course, I guess. <laughs> but you've got to go see them and let them know the mission you're challenging them to and how they can help serve the kingdom. Maybe you need to check your to-don't list. Do you have a to-don't list? Are you sure not sure what that is? <laughs> well, go check out kmccoach.net and you can schedule a call and I'll, I'll help you figure out how to set up a to-don't list. But I also want you to check your soul. Do you see God as your father? And are you listening to him? As he lovingly rebukes, corrects, and trains you for righteousness through his word. Are you taking some time for soul solitude? Meaning, are you setting yourself out (laughs) in solitude? What I call solitary refinement. I think Wayne Cordero coined that phrase to give full credit, but I like that solitary refinement (laughs) where you're putting yourself into a place where you can sit alone with the Lord with no distractions and focus on him speaking to you, his Holy Spirit ministering to you, listening and having Jesus care for you to shepherd your soul. Are you finding times for restoration? Times where you can unplug completely from the world and just rest and be healed, be ministered to, be cared for. You've heard me say it on this podcast before, and I'll say it again. Jesus took naps, so should you. You're not better than him, so stop it. (laughs) I say that in love, my friends. When's the last time you took a nap? When you've rested. And if you say, I can't, I don't have time, you need it more than you know. So there it is. There's three things to help cure a Monday. Guard your mind. Guard your heart. Guard your ministry life. And the two bonuses, check your calendar, check your soul. When you do these things and you apply them on a regular basis, it's amazing what God can do in and through you. It's amazing how 
that resignation letter will stay in your desk because your perspective changes. So if you get stuck, if you need some help, please reach out. I'm here to serve you. Restoring Leaders is a ministry that we don't charge any fees to help you through hurts and pains and burnout recovery. If you need leadership coaching, if you need to learn how to create a to-don't list, work on a calendar, volunteering, team building, first impressions, you name it, anything that's related to how-tos of children's ministry, check out kmccoach.net. We can set up a coaching call. The first one's always free. And then after that, we work within your budget and time to see where your goals are. There's no, there is no one-size-fits-all approach. It's all fully customized to where you want to go. So again, those ministries are there to serve you. I'm here to serve you. If you're not part of the Kid Ministry Collective community, come join our Facebook group. Check it out. Answer the questions to join, and we'll bring you right in. And we would love to see you participate, answering questions, sharing resources uh, on Friday through Sunday. But uh, otherwise, we'd love to hear your questions and comments about children's ministry, feedback on the podcast. If you haven't subscribed to that, I hope you'll do that. So again, my name is Tom Bump. I'm here to serve. Thanks for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. And join me again for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.